You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Thursday. Happy St. Patrick's Day. You can, uh, oh, you have to have your brackets in by now. Is that right, Todd? That is correct. As okay. of one minute ago, so if you didn't place your bets. Okay, who didn't get in in the Celebrity Bracket Challenge? Oh, we're really going to do that. Well. Okay, Jim Parsons, oh, Justin Herbert, and Chris Sims. Oh, I love all those guys, but they said they were going to do it, and they still didn't send it in yet. Now it's too late. Man, these are close friends. Parsons, Herbert, Sims. Oh, wow. But the other 31 were okay. responsible. All right. You can be part of the Celebrity Bracket Challenge, and uh, you can monitor how you're doing with the other celebrities and uh, the Danettes and myself as well. We'll uh, give you our brackets coming up in a little bit. Also, buy a March Madness or a Pie Slamma Jamma t-shirt. Get 50% off any other shirt, danpatrick.com. We call it Merch Madness there. Uh, coming up in a little bit. We will talk to the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year, Andrew Whitworth, the former Rams tackle, will uh, stop by. Tournament starts in a little more than an hour from now. Deshaun Watson decision appears to be pending. Bills paid Von Miller. Raiders got Chandler Jones. The Buccaneers lock up Chris Godwin. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, uh, NFL Network Insider. And he's done a great job this week reporting on all the free agency moves here. Follow him on Twitter at Rap sheep. What's the latest on Deshaun Watson, Ian? Uh, Deshaun Watson still needs to decide. Uh, he is, you know, I say hopefully today, but uh, it's a big decision. It is a monumental decision. And I'm not sure he really cares very much about our timeline or honestly the team's timeline. He's got to make the right decision for him. This is, uh, this is why you have a no trade cause. I think people sort of assume no trade cause means well, I don't want to get traded. Obviously, it actually means I get to choose where I get traded if I'm going to get traded. So he's got the ultimate power now. Um, I would say as far as where it stands, I think New Orleans is in a really good spot. Um, you know, the others, um, you know, I would say there's a chance that some of the others, you know, Atlanta still has a chance. But, um you know, I would say New Orleans certainly is looking good as of right now. Well, let's let's look at this. If he goes to New Orleans, is there any – what's the fallout that uh, with other you – know, like Jameis, uh, Jameis maybe with another team, uh, Taysom Hill, that quarterback experiment the, is over? Well, I mean, I think once, once Sean Payton retired, I think the Taysom Hill as a full-time quarterback thing probably went by the wayside, yes. That was – Sean Payton was his biggest – sort of advocate and proponent. So the dominoes, potential dominoes here are dramatic, right? So, and I could take you through depending on which way he goes. So let's say he goes to the Saints. Okay, well then Jameis Winston is out there. Uh, The two teams that as of right now need quarterbacks are the Colts and Seahawks. So potentially he goes there or he gets a, uh, gets a really good backup spot where he would go compete. If, if Deshaun Watson goes to the Falcons, then they would obviously trade Matt Ryan. They have not yet restructured his contract, despite planning to do so early in the week. Um, so then Matt Ryan would get traded somewhere else. Again, potentially the Colts or the Seahawks. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the Browns. Um, if Deshaun Watson uh, ends up with the Carolina Panthers, then presumably they would eat some money and trade Sam Darnold somewhere. Um, but that's probably the one that has the least ramifications. You know, really, it's um, it's if he goes to the Saints or the Falcons where it becomes really interesting. Why do you think Baker Mayfield put out that goodbye letter to the city of Cleveland? 
you know, it, it, it was read to me as a, if I have to say goodbye letter, because I'm not so sure that Baker Mayfield saying goodbye, honestly. And I'm not sure the Browns are saying goodbye to him. And I, I saw all this stuff that was reported and I'm not doubting what anyone else reported. Everyone works hard and has good sources. I just haven't heard any of that from what I've been told from the Browns perspective, if they don't get Deshaun Watson, they would want to keep Baker Mayfield. And I understand that there are nerves. I understand it's frustrating. I understand that if you're Baker Mayfield and you see yourself as a franchise starter, you really would prefer the Browns not flirt with someone else. Definitely get it. However, it's the Browns job to try to upgrade every position when possible. So I think it's something that, um, you know, I think it's something they can fix and I get the sense it's something they want to fix. Yeah, because I, I just wondered, it, he, he feels like, you know, you're fighting through an injury to play, and it felt like he was raising the white flag, that it just didn't seem like that was in his personality trait of, hey, I, I'm, you're going to have to drag me out of here because this is where I want to be playing. Well, I mean, I, I think one thing about Baker Mayfield that, you know, is I assume frustrating for a lot of people, but I kind of like it. Like, like, he got a lot of backlash for putting out that note. I mean, I was getting all up in uh, MJD's grill on, you know, on NFL Network so yesterday or two days ago because he was like, he shouldn't have put out this letter. And I'm like, why? Like, he has feelings. He's hurt. I feel like we're in a time now where people expressing their feelings is way more acceptable than it ever has been. So, like, he's pissed off and it stings. He should get to say so just like the Browns should get to say, like, like yeah, like, we're, we're doing this and we're taking a look at other positions and it's kind of all okay. Uh, oh, just as we're talking, uh, my colleague Mike Garofolo reports that the Browns have been informed they're out of the running. So that makes sense. And he says the team still views Baker Mayfield as the quarterback going forward. So that makes sense. <laughs> well, well, that's what I thought when he first put it out. It's like, what happens if they don't get to Sean Watson? Are they moving on from Baker Mayfield? But you think that... I don't think... No? You, you, you think they just I, bring him back? I mean, unless... Unless he does something where he says you have to trade me, or I'm literally not showing up, which, you know, I don't know that that's I don't know that's where we are. Um, you know, I I I, th- I I would still envision Baker Mayfield as the Browns' starting quarterback. Uh, what about the Colts? The Colts would also like a quarterback at some point. Uh, they have options that are free agents. I would say Marcus Mariota is. Um, you know, a pretty strong option right now. But, you know, again, let's say the Falcons get Deshaun Watson, and I would think Matt Ryan would be a really strong option there. I would think there's a lot to like there, and I would think they could probably do a deal pretty simply, even though the Colts don't have a first-round pick. Thank you, Carson Wentz. Um, but, you know, one thing about one thing about Chris Ballard is and everybody wants him to do everything. Everybody wants him to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I know he had talks with the 49ers. I get the sense he is in no rush. He would like to watch this all play out, then pick his quarterback. Do you don't like, mind me. I'm, re- I'm retweeting Garofalo as I'm talking to you, but go ahead. That's fine. Uh, do you like Von Miller to Buffalo, or do you like Chandler Jones to the Raiders? Which one do you like better? Um, I, I Well, I like both. Now, the, the Chandler Jones to the Raiders is interesting because they signed him, but they lost Yannick Ngakwe. So, like, it's not a one-for-one because Chandler's probably a little bit better, but close. Uh, For the Buffalo Bills, this was significant. And the craziest thing to me uh, is, do you remember a couple years ago when nobody wanted to choose Buffalo? And free agents would say, like, yeah, I'll come to Buffalo, but 
only if you pay me more. This was not the case. I mean, he came to Buffalo and chose it over LA. I mean, he chose it over the Super Bowl champs. Now it's a great deal and all that. I get it. But like Buffalo is a place that people really want to be. And that is really cool. Like they've created a culture where free agents choose them over Los Angeles. And that is pretty awesome. Well, it feels like the Bengals are starting to get that feel that you actually would want to go play for Cincinnati. Is that the Joe Burrow effect? Yeah, Joe Burrow effect. And, you know, I would say the same for Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, You know, they got Justin Herbert. Like, it's, you know, quarterbacks run the world. I think that's pretty clear. And it is getting a little bit like the NBA and not in a bad way at all. But, like, you you get a quarterback. And if you get a quarterback, you can kind of do everything else around it, right? Like you can, if you get a quarterback, you can say, all right, well, we don't have to spend money for a little bit. So we're going to load up. We're going to get all these people around him. And then we're going to roll from there. And if you have to pay the quarterback, then you get free agents on, you know, lesser deals who want to come play with your guy. I mean, it's, it is becoming an ultra, ultra quarterback league in a way that it has never been before. Anybody have a bad week so far? Um, yeah, I would say the people who have had a bad week are the agents and players of position groups that didn't get paid by the Jack of, uh, of people that didn't get signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like if you're a, an agent for a receiver and you didn't have Christian Kirk, then, I mean, if you look at like none of the other receivers have signed, Valdez Scanley hasn't signed, Allen Robinson hasn't signed because the Jaguars gave that huge deal to Christian Kirk and they're like, what's up, you know? Um, I would say if you're an agent for an offensive tackle, you know, Teron Armstead is kind of waiting to see what happens with Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, your week is probably pretty boring because you haven't signed either. There's been some position groups that have been held up. Um, and I think it was not a good week for those guys. Great to talk to you. I know you're busy. Thanks for joining us, Ian. All right. Always good hanging out, man. Take care. That's Ian Rappaport, the uh, NFL insider, NFL network. Browns are out. Uh, NFL Network's free agency frenzy coverage concludes today at 1 Eastern. Yeah, Browns are out. That creates a – is there a welcome back party for Baker Mayfield? How does, how does that yeah, work? just saying thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it. You guys are reading into it. I didn't say that. Look, he's got feelings. I get it. But as I wondered at the time, what happens if you go back? And maybe you go back and, all right, it's awkward for a couple of days. That, and then you had Chris Mortensen. Mort had the report that somebody in the Browns organization said they wanted to get an adult as their quarterback. Man, that's tough. I mean, I've worked with bosses. I've worked at places where somebody has said something about you. A lot of times it's anonymous, but you know somebody has said something about you. Although I did have one boss who said that I was over the hill and I'd never get another job if I left ESPN. And and he owns it. He said, yeah, I said it. I said, all right. And, of course, I've forgotten about it. It's only <laughs> been 20 years ago. KG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think Kevin Garnett can hold a grudge. But I don't, I don't hold a grudge towards Mark Shapiro. He was my... Oh, no, names. Well, no, he owns it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he, he admits, he laughs about it. I didn't know you'd said that on air before, the name. No, maybe I didn't. I think that's a first, checking yeah. my notes. But I, I remember going, God, this guy doesn't want... He was my boss. This isn't the last show, is it? No, it's not. No, there'd be other stories that we would okay. tell. I've got the list in the vault. Yeah. But uh, I just remember 
my agent said, you know, I said, how did negotiations go? And he goes, he said you were over the hill and you'd never get another job if you left ESPN. Now, I didn't think of it this way, and I should have. Well, why does he still want me then? Like, he really wants me because he doesn't want me to leave and he wants me to take less money. But in my mind, I'm going, damn, that's pretty raw. That's rough. And uh, I just thought, all right, well, I'm going to stay at ESPN because nobody will hire me. And then I remember, uh, you know, one of the guys at NBC said, uh, you're not interested in coming here? I go, oh, I didn't know you were interested in me. It's like, well, nobody followed up. And I went, well, I'm over the hill and I'll never get another job someplace else. I'm okay, though, Todd. You're past it. Yeah, I'm absolutely past it. No scar tissue here whatsoever. I surprise the Dennett's occasionally where I'll bring up a name or something and I'll be still like angry. And then you know, I think you guys don't know if am I acting or if, do I really feel this way about certain situations? Yeah, Paul. I like it when we're like on the road at the Super Bowl. We see someone like at the media center or someone pops on the TV and you're like, oh, that guy, I would like to take him <laughs> behind a shed and pound him. I'm like, what? He's just calling highlights here. And, you're like, and then you tell the story to us. Yeah. By the way, the <laughs> IndyCar Series motors into Texas on Sunday, 1230 Eastern on NBC and Peacock, the home of the Indy 500. Make sure you go to PeacockTV.com. Sign up. We'll get to more phone calls coming up. Let me get to Nate in L.A. Nate, thanks for holding. What is on your mind today? I got a couple of things, Dan. Okay. I have a question about Coach K, but first I'd like to back uh, Marvin with his pie to the face Yukon bet. Oh, okay. See, I live in LA. I live in LA now, but I am a Connecticut native, and not only am I a Connecticut native, I lived in stores for twelve years. Okay. So, I think I might even go so, so far to say if uh, if New Mexico loses, I'll take the pie for Marvin. Oh. Well, no, we don't allow. We, to... No, no, you can take one, but no, no. I mean, it's a solidarity pie, and, and but Marvin's okay, got to take it. I got you. Yeah, it's all about I content here, I Nate. I won't do that. Okay. Now, 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 would you be willing to let me come 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 back to Connecticut to receive it? Um, come... I can't. I can't let you do a house call here at the man cave. You know, I I can't do that, Nate. Yes, Paul. You're welcome to enter the state, just not our studio. Yeah. You can come back to Connecticut. Yeah. It's, it's, we don't run the state. I mean, we created sort of an open door policy here, it feels like. Meet Friday. You know, like Jeff in Detroit's like, hey, one of these days I'm going to drive up. And I'm like, well, you know, let us know. <laughs> we've, had, we've had people who have taken family vacations just to drive by the man cave. And then they'll sit out in the car with the kids so it's it's a it's a husband and wife and the kids and then they're just outside and then they'll see us walk out and they're like hey Dan I'm like who 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 is that yes Paul and there's a little Timmy going Dad I'm glad we didn't go to Disney World we got to talk to Paul <laughs> yeah. in the parking lot I got to meet the big German yeah. Paul talked to me for forty seconds and got in his car is that the French kid only took us eight hours to get here in the car but that's okay thanks Dad <laughs> oh God. May we never stop laughing on this show. God, today has been so much fun. That's the only way I leave. We stop laughing, I leave. Fritzy, 
<laughs> what is that supposed to do? Well, I'm just saying. Let's just You're not just say Let's anything. just keep laughing. I love the laughing. Fritzy's still upset at uh, the woman. Suck it, the other guy. Yeah, basic. Kid. But she didn't say you initially. But being the journalist, I had to ask. You know, when she said, "Suck it, half the back row." Yeah, suck it, speech impediment Sam over there. I have a crush on no, the other guy. No, that'd be Sam. It'd be peach okay, impediment. Really? <laughs> let's take a break here. Coming up, we'll talk to the uh, former Ram, uh, the uh, reigning Walter Payton Man of the Year, Andrew Whitworth, will join us. More phone calls as well. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Everybody says they're number one at something in golf. Oh, we got the number one ball. We got the number one driver. We got the number one irons. We got it. Odyssey can say, with no argument, they have the number one putter on tour. They do. On every major tour, number one. Worldwide wins. Last 37 majors across the PGA, LPGA, Champions Tours. Not only did more pros play an Odyssey putter in those majors, more pros won majors with that Odyssey putter. Xander Shoffley won a gold medal. Odyssey putter. Number one putter on tour. Takes more than just a good year. It takes consistent performance and a steady stream of game-changing innovations. The legendary white-hot insert. Can't go wrong with that. And uh, they put it into the Tri-Hot 5K. It's the new TRI Hot 5K. Mind-blowing. So it's a classic blade, forgiveness of a mallet. And you, you, you can't even think of making that work. But they did. See what makes Odyssey the number one putter on tour. OdysseyGolf.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. We'll get some more phone calls coming up. I just saw where we got uh, lunch delivered. Did you guys go out there? Got the corned beef out there, ready to go? Got mustard? Nobody. No, no I didn't get to the menu. Oh, nobody. I didn't get to that, that yet. We'll hear from Russell Wilson as he was introduced to the Denver Broncos media yesterday. Andrew Whitworth, Super Bowl champ and Walter Payton Man of the Year. And now he's officially retired. Andrew joins us on the program. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Did you know during the Super Bowl that that was your last game? I knew kind of going into the playoffs that that was probably going to be the last run I was going to get to make. I knew the body was starting to talk to me a little bit finally starting to feel 40 so uh i knew it was a pretty good chance this is probably the last run i'm gonna make but when does it hit you where you go this is it i'm i'm gonna be i'm retired or has it hit you it really hadn't hit me yet i mean i'm still training with the guys you know i think it was talked about before the o-line trains at my house a little bit in the off season so i'm still working out with them and (laughs) hanging out with them and doing all that but uh i'm definitely done this is it I'm, i'm not playing anymore uh, right up until about a month from now when I tell you differently. Yeah, but Brady said the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point. I mean, I don't, you know, and that's what's wild is it's not really a physical decision. I mean, yeah, you start to feel it a little bit as far as it's more pain than normal. But um, right now, do I think I could get through another NFL season? Without a doubt. I just think that a lot of the things I set out to accomplish in my career, I've been able to do and uh, I got some awesome kids and a great wife at home that uh, I'd love to go spend some more time with and, and watch them play sports and watch them live their lives a little bit. And I think that's just kind of where I'm at. What was your favorite moment in the huddle from the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford? 
You know, <laughs> there's so many. The guy's so rare. He has such a rare demeanor about him when he competes. It's so fun to be in that huddle with him. Um, he's such a just a gunslinger and a guy who just wants to go after it at every moment uh, and just attack. And really just in that game, really him being in that huddle throughout the game, really in the adverse times and then also in that last drive, the demeanor he had of like, we're going to make this happen, I thought was so special. And then Honestly, when he got in that huddle and just tried to tell us that we were going to take a knee to end that game, I can remember how emotional he was, and he went to talk. And instead of talking, he just looked at everybody in the huddle and was like, I love you guys. And then he just, you know, then it was like, all right, ready, break. Like, you know what we're about to do. We're taking a knee. We don't even talk about it. Uh, it was it was really cool to see how much emotion was there of really what he'd realized that he had accomplished. So it hit him then that he was finally going to be a Super Bowl champ and he couldn't get the words out? Yeah, you could tell it just for a second. He had to just – he looked in the huddle. He looked in those eyes. And that's the coolest part, right? I mean, when you play football, there's all these great moments that happen individually and all the passion that goes into it. But when you look across that huddle, the guys you get to do it with, sometimes those those moments are the most emotional because you realize, man, we all did this together. We've all strained. We've all fought through things together, all kinds of adversity. And we're about to take this need in this game and be world champions and it just kind of hits you what it all. I was wondering if you felt sorry for the Bengals offensive line during the Super Bowl going against uh, Aaron Donald. I feel sorry for every team that's player. <laughs> I mean, that guy is uh, – he's one of the rarest humans on the planet, man. He's, his work ethic and attitude is, is really – what sets him apart. He has all these insane physical traits that make you special, but there's a lot of guys walking around that in this league that have been drafted with a lot of talent. He takes advantage of that talent with his work ethic and his demeanor every day to attack success. It's, it's second to nobody I've ever been around and uh, quite impressive. I mean, I remember going in a week after the Super Bowl to the facility to grab like my stuff, you know, I'm still barely can get it together. I've been partying and having so much fun. And Aaron Donald's, Aaron Donald's just pounding weights and running in the gym. And I'm like, this guy's not going anywhere. <laughs> what did you keep from the Super Bowl? What's that? What'd you keep from the Super Bowl? You keep your, uh, everything. <laughs> you yeah. It. yeah, held on to it all. And I, I you know what? I didn't even um, wash my jersey. I literally left it with all the stains it had on it. I'm going to eventually, you know, wash it off a little bit just so it doesn't smell. But I want all the war paint on it. I don't want any, you know, let's leave all the paint on there. And, and uh, I want it to look like it played in that last game and and uh, had the time that I know I did. Do you have neighborhood dads who want to try to rush you and, and see if you can block them? Well, you know, Dan, it's one of those things. It, it never fails. Being big, it's like I, I've heard every big joke possible. You know, and it's like, it's just constant. You know, it's like, oh, man, come up with something original and I'll actually laugh. I like to give them kind of the stone cold face, Dan, just when they when they literally, like, if it's not a good joke or it's one I've heard before, I just stare at them. And then it makes it really awkward because they're like, well, I thought that was going to be funny, but he's not laughing. I was also wondering about this. As a lineman, you don't get to see much of the game. Like, you're focused on the guy in front of you. Have you yep. ever gone back to look at the game to actually see what the game – because you could be down on the ground on a pass play. You don't even know what happens. Yeah, you know, it's the truth. It's um, one of those things I always tell a lineman when I mentor him, hey, look, man, you're one of the rarest athletes in the world. You're the only athlete in the world that plays with their ball, plays with the ball behind your back. Like your back's to the ball. 
the entire game. You don't ever know what's happening other than when it runs by you. So uh, it's a pretty rare position. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's that's the funnest part, right? Is go back and watch the game and be like, all right, I want to see every little intricacy of how a guy got open or how a running back made the cut or, you know, a pass that Stafford threw. I mean, the first time – People started talking about his no looker to Cooper there late in the game against the Bengals. This is the first time I saw it too. You know? So uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, your favorite Sean McVay story is going to be what? Oh man, you know there's so many. I mean, him and I obviously with our relationship, there's a lot of really uh, special ones. A lot of fun times we've had. Um, I think really for me, it's going to be that. I think the coolest part of what made Sean McVay really the, the build-up to who he is, as I tell people this a lot, when we started OTAs his very first year, a 30-year-old coach who you would think needs to come in and show guys that he under, he knows football at a really rare level to be where he is. And you'd think that the first thing you're going to do is talk about football. And I can remember our first three or four weeks of OTAs, we focused on the words character, communication, uh, you know, performing at an elite level, being at your best when your best is required, you know, just typical things that have to do with who you are as a person day in and day out and how you do things the right way. And I thought that took a lot of gumption to be able to do that as a 30-year-old, but also it set the standard for why he's created the culture he has in the Rams and, and why it's such a special place to play. But it feels like he's this close to wanting to put on a uniform to prove that he could play, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, there's plenty of moments of Sean hurting himself trying to be a receiver, uh, pulling quads and, and uh, everything else. You know, he, he never fails to miss an opportunity to kind of show us that he still has a little something in there. Um, you know, but it, it's only lasts for about, about a second, two seconds. You know, it's just a quick little step here or there. Uh, so it's, it, there's plenty of those moments. You know, hey, he, he without a doubt always thinks he's got a helmet on when we're out there. Well, congrats, and uh, perhaps we'll cross paths uh, on a golf course with uh, some mutual friends there. I, I look forward to it. I can't wait. I'm going to be spending a little bit of time on those, too. Thank you, buddy. Hey, thank and, you. Uh, Andrew Whit Whitworth won the Super Bowl. He played 16 seasons, and uh, he was the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Also won a national championship at LSU. Yeah, Paul? It's funny because he, he seems like a very nice person. But if you look at him, he's one of the scarier-looking people we've ever seen. I think he's 6'7", 330, bald, and a goatee. Yeah. So if he gave you that dead stare and you're like the local dad says, hey, uh, you, you flying coach? You know, and he gives you that stare, I'd, I'd run. There's got to be a guy in the neighborhood who's like, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bull rush him. You know, I played a, I played a little bit in high school. <laughs> you know, there's, always, there's always that guy, you know. Hey, I have a second team all league in high school. Uh, let me put down uh, this white claw, and uh, I'm going to go at you a little bit here. Uh, hold on. I got to I gotta tighten the belt on my khakis here. And uh, all right, you ready? There's always that guy. Always that guy. A right, couple of phone calls here. Uh, Ann in Utah joining us on the program. Hi, Ann. Hi, Dan. Hi. This is first time, long time. Yeah. What can I do for you? Okay. I have a limerick. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, this is a good day for it, Dan. You'd think Todd yeah, would know. have come well, up with a limerick on St. Patrick's <laughs> Day, but he didn't. So what do you have for me? Okay. So um, this is based on my 11-year-old son. Uh, my oldest son uh, had to do this for homework. <clears throat> so... 
it's based on the fact that it's been a two-year anniversary since my middle son fell out of an 18-foot window. Oh. So it's, it's, it's fine, yeah. So, okay. There once was a small child. His fall out the window was wild. The ambulance came. There was no one to blame. And his injuries ended up mild. Wow. Did I get through it? Okay. <laughs> Are we allowed to laugh about it now, Ann? Oh, you can laugh about it now. Um, he's alive. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> you can laugh about it now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Ann. Uh, I didn't see that one coming. I don't want to laugh at that. I, I one. you know. Uh, Todd, why didn't you come up with a limerick on St. I don't Patrick's know. I dropped Day. the ball. But I will say I, I can now breathe a sigh of relief after the ending of that limerick because that was kind of hung up in the air till line five, you know, what the kid's condition is. That was kind of scary. Thank you, John. Yeah, yes, Paul. My uh, youngest son is named Jim. He recently <laughs> lost a limb. Keep going. Yeah, what are we supposed yeah. to do with that? Yeah. Stuck his hand in the blade. <laughs> now, dang. Ryan in Honolulu joins us on the program. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> Hello, Danny boy. Top of the morning to you. Thank you, Ryan. I got a wee bit of Saint Patty's Day's names for you. <laughs> okay. NFL quarterbacks, Jameson Winston. Jameson. Okay, Jameson. All right. A little, little uh, whiskey there. Andrew Locky Charms. Okay. Mm-hmm. Friends of the show, Limerick Neuheisel. <laughs> Rick Neuheisel, Limerick Neuheisel. Right. How about Ryan Fourleaf Clover? All right. All right. Ryan, Ryan Leaf. Mike Gaelic and Mikey Greenbeer. <laughs> Mike Gaelic and uh, Mike Greenbeer. Okay. <laughs> you, Utah Jazz stars John Shamrockton and Carbomb Malone. <laughs> Carbomb Malone. <laughs> we we don't like wow. to mention car bombs here. Bit, uh, oh, the 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 the, the drink. The drink. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's All right. Still, still, it's still a little sensitive with car bombs. Anything else there, Ryan? And now I give you the Irish. Goodbye. Oh, <laughs> See what he did there. I like it. Well done. Ryan just owned you, Todd. Yeah. So you came up with no limerick. <laughs> no limerick, no mock headline, no, no mock names. Headline, no names. And you had one of our listeners saying, suck it, basically, that side of the back row. Yeah, basically suck it, Fritzy. <laughs> Figure out what's going on with your mouth and your saliva. That's a no-show. Yeah. On St. Patty's Day. Got a mail that I put on my green shirt. I thought that would be enough to just show up in my green shirt and uh, have some corned beef and go home. Dream on green beer? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? We, we, like, we just <laughs> crush him mercilessly for coming up with yes. these dumb names and limericks. And then when he doesn't do it, it's like, Todd, what the hell is yes. wrong with you? you How can I crush him for these lame things if he doesn't do it? Oh, look what he just sent me for the fifth time. Okay, Todd, I know I got your limerick, okay? <laughs> okay, let's get this out of the how way. Do you, you don't not, have one? How do you not give me a limerick on St. Patty's Day? I have no excuse for that. Right. I think I'm worried about the fiberglass in my hand and the fact that oh, it's got no, out of speak. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. And by the way, someone put one of these little fiberglass sticks right by my desk today, which is not cool. And I thought it was great. It was Tyler. Yeah, you got the a kick out of back that. Back room put it there. The last person I would think would do something like yeah. that. Cold-blooded. Uh, Jordan in Tampa. Hi, Jordan. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan Dennett. Uh, Hi, Jordan. 6'2 and an al dente 230. Oh, okay. 
had an interesting thing that I thought you guys would enjoy. Um, heard Fritzy's cover of Hall and Oates' Private Eyes earlier. Uh, lovely, by the way. And uh, wanted to bring to y'all's attention that there is an emergency Hall and Oates phone service called Call and Oates, uh, which you dial in and the uh, robotic operator read you a menu of song choices and then you select one and it'll play. Well, thank Whatever. you. Thank you, Jordan. Can't wait to not do that. <laughs> Call and Oates. <laughs> Yes, Marv. I can't go for that. Oh, no can do? There you go. Uh, don't even, don't. I'm not. Uh, no, no, no. If you had a limerick, I'd let you sing Hall & Oates right true. now. That's so true. The one day of the year yeah. a limerick would actually make sense on this show. That's it. Today is limerick It is day. the one day of the year. The worst day not to have that prepared. Yes. There are no excuses. Yes, Pauline. Why can't you do it today and not the other 364 <laughs> days? That would be Correct. fantastic. Wow. I'm going to give you time here. I'm going to give you 10 minutes. 10 minutes to whip up a limerick for me. This is my day. I know it's your day. It was very rude of me. I thought I showed proper support by wearing the, my old green Dan Patrick shirt. But I'm going to try to come up with something here. I wish you were better. Okay. That's all you did there. You got the Irish and then you made fun of my speech. With the double <laughs> Three points. For Thank you. Thank you, Tony Rialli. We'll take a break. Uh, if you're watching on Peacock, we uh, I think we have corned beef and cabbage out there. I believe our, uh, our good buddy Lou brought that in from his restaurant in Fairfield. Hub and spoke. So we'll uh, take a break. And uh, Fritzy will have a limerick. Last call for phone calls. And we'll reveal our brackets coming up as well, who our final four picks are. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, we just heard from Justin Herbert. He must have been listening because we didn't get his brackets. Did he make it in? Is Justin Herbert going to be in the bracket challenge? We shamed him on uh, on national radio TV into doing it, and he got it in in time, so he is part of the okay. bracket challenge. All right. We had to go back and prove that he did it before 11 o'clock. Hey, these are the rules. Rules, rules are the are rules. rules. That's yeah. right. Yeah, can't bend him for anybody. The last call for uh, phone calls and Todd's limerick. So you want to knock that out of the way? I'm still putting the last couple lines together. Oh. I am. Well, there's I, only five five lines. I have three of the five lines. I just, I'm working on line three and four, and I should have it in the next couple minutes. All right. Michael in Maine. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind? <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. How are we today? Hi, Michael. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, thank you. Uh, luckily, I have an <clears throat> emergency limerick for Todd that I have uh, titled O Ronaldo, a.k.a. Dan Three-Piece. Okay. I'm going to try to do this in the voice of Keith Morrison. He took the match off a week ago. They said his hip was sore. Some said, whoa. But at Old Trafford, a hat trick was heard. And all you could say was, oh, Ronaldo. 
Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. That uh, that is very random limerick there. We've had two. A child falling out of uh, a window and uh, now Ronaldo. Still not sure about that limerick by Ann in Utah. I'm leaving that one alone. Yeah. Uh, Patrick in Arizona. Hey, Patrick. Hey, guys. I figured it's a fitting call in today. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So, so as, as the, uh, the resident Patrick listener here, I want to introduce the concept of the Santo calendar, the Saints calendar, and add a little flavor to us here. Uh, my wife, being Latina, introduced to me that people in uh, her culture are named for days of the, the year on which the saint is there. So for me, St. Patrick, March 17th, that's my santo. For you, Dan, yours would be a blessed Daniel Potier. He's uh, some famous guy from back in the day. His day is February 28th. So depending on your name, like St. Nicholas would be December 25th. So it's something really cool to research and see if you have a santo, in fact. And I can honestly say there is definitely not a santo for Todd or Fritzy. There is no Seton. There is no Marvin. Of course, there is a Paul. So there's uh, some interesting Santos if you ever want to look into it. All right. Well, thank you, Patrick. Boy, this is random call hour. Slowing things down in a hurry. All right. uh, Let's go around the room. uh, Final four. Anybody have something that's kind of wild? Yes, Todd. I don't want to say wild, but I, I didn't go all ones or anything. I have Auburn and uh, Purdue in the final four. Okay. I know that's not crazy, but no, still. No, no, that, that's, that's interesting. I respect that. And then who's winning the national title? Uh, I've got Gonzaga beating Arizona. All right. <laughs> one beating a one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wasn't going to go that crazy. I put a two and a three in the final four. That's crazy than I usually go. All right. Satan. <laughs> Mine is wild. Okay. I have Two ones and two twos. <laughs> I have uh, Villanova beating Gonzaga. For the national title. For the national title. All yeah. right. That is, uh, that's, that's, that's a hot take. That's bold. That is a hot take. Marvin? Obviously, you know one of the teams that I have. UConn in the final four? I sure do. Um, and I got Baylor, Kansas, and Villanova. I have Villanova beating Baylor in the national title game. Oh, my God. Let's go. <laughs> what are the odds that you guys picked? Villanova to win the national title. Paulie? I have uh, Vermont over UConn, Marvin, early. (laughs) (laughs) But I have, uh, in my final four, I do have Auburn in there. I have Arizona over Gonzaga. We have the same one. You and I? Yeah, I have Arizona winning the national title. I got Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, Auburn. And Toddler, you have... uh... I have the Zags beating Arizona, one over one. Okay. Not risky. All right. Uh, are you ready with your limerick? I huh? sure am. Okay. Here we go. Today is the day to wear green and eat corned beef that's hopefully lean. Shamrock shake, that's a no. It once made my stool glow, but it's really just another day to be mean. That's true, by the way, for four days. I actually went to a doctor and said, what's happening? It's four days. I'm still seeing it. He said, you're eating a McDonald's every day. That's why. Bright green. Shut the lights green. Today's just a day to be mean. But it's really just a day to be mean. It's really just another day to be mean. I think the lesson we learn is don't prepare. You're, Just go. You're better with your limerick. Lim- Shamrock shake, that's a no. It once made my stool glow. All right. But it's really just another day to be mean. 
stool glow. <laughs> it had to be said for those of you that are thinking it, it, about picking that up. No, no, it did. It, it did have to be said. I don't know about three times. I know a bowel humor. I know I get a little crazy with that, but this is not a day to be going to get that particular drink. It's very frightening. Uh, final results of the poll question. This feels like a Friday, doesn't it? Final results of the poll question. Oh, man, sure does. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, 42% of the audience say New Orleans. All right. Certainly feels like that. Uh, let's see. This day in sports history. Dan, in 2003, uh, Jose Canseco was released from jail. I, they, they cut off the rest <laughs> of the sentence, so I don't know which time. Uh, but he was sentenced to house no, arrest. No, he called in. We did have to my, my show. He was allowed 30 minutes a week to talk. And, and he called in one morning and he said, I'm going to do a tell-all book. And he called in from prison. That's right. And I remember saying, you know you're going to be blackballed if you do this. And he didn't care. And he wrote that tell-all book. Two years later, in 2005, several Major League Baseball players spoke to the House Government Reform Committee. McGuire, Canseco, Sosa, Palmero participated. The hearing lasted 11 hours. All right. Anything else? That's it. On this day, Michael Jordan scored the most points that he ever had in an NCAA tournament game. Anybody want to guess? Over under 25. Michael Jordan, most points he ever scored in a tournament game. Todd? I'm going to say it would be more interesting to say under 25. All right. Seton? Uh, Over. All right. Marv? Under. All right. Paulie? Push, 25. All right. It's 27. Let's go. He scored uh, 27. North Carolina beat Temple in a second round game. <laughs> oh, my. isn't it nice? Everybody's smiling, yeah, laughing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Todd got well, his mostly. limerick. Yeah, I, I got corned beef out there. We got cabbage, got potatoes, we got carrots. It's lovely. Basketball starts in about 10 minutes. I mean, what are we doing if we're not having fun, huh? I got beer out there. Uh, I got the tequila in here if anybody wants to, you know, dip in a little bit stronger. Yeah, Paul. You know that movie Groundhog's Day? This would be a good one. You know, like it went over like 20 times in a row. Yeah. That'd be good. Mm. Uh, what did you learn today, Ton? Chinese food, Mountain Dew, and unclear nasal passages may or may not have something to do with my speech impediment. Seton, what did you learn? I learned that my Santo, Santo, might be someone named St. Christina the Astonishing. <laughs> Marvin? Seton is someone's hall pass. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm her husband's hall pass. That's the awkward part. What we learned brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security, best home security of 2021. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafedan.com. Talk to you tomorrow.